section five of the rover volume one number fourteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org the rover volume one number fourteen edited by seba smith and lawrence Labrie section five the condemned by the reverend hobart conter the assizes approached clifford's friends were numerous and influential but in his case influence could be of no avail as a safeguard against the penalty of crime he knew that if he were found guilty he must suffer his sole chance therefore was to silence that only evidence which could convict him against the oath of esther lutterell nothing could prevail immense sums were consequently offered to purchase her silence but she despised such sordid temptation every effort made to win her from her resolved and just purpose was unavailing she turned with scornful indignation from the offered bribe no said she he has ruined me that i could forgive because heaven might pardon that but he has murdered my child that heaven will never pardon and i dare not i will not therefore interpose betwixt the delinquent and his judge when that delinquent deserves to die and that judge is the delegate of one who is eternal he has braved the penalty why then should he not suffer it let him die the day of trial arrived clifford was brought into the dock alas how changed terror had wrought fearful ravages upon a countenance which the most fastidious could not deny to be handsome the blood seemed to have receded from every vein while the blanched feature told a fearful tale of sleepless nights and daily heart burnings a yellow tinge had usurped the usually transparent skin while the whole countenance gathered into one unvarying expression of subdued agony appeared like an ivory head that had yielded up its primitive whiteness to the gradual spoliation of time the change which a few short weeks had wrought was truly astonishing he was scarcely to be recognized as the once robust lively thoughtless clifford days seemed to have been converted into years his hair had become thin and hung in straggling tresses on his pallid temples which were deeply indented with the lines of acute suffering his nose was sharp and shrunk his eyes were sunk and hollow his cheeks rigid his jaws fallen and his lips so attenuated that when closed the mouth was only indicated by a strong curved line he sighed deeply and the hurried glance which he every now and then threw around the court showed how busy were the enemies of his peace within him a tear of sympathy gathered in the eyes of many of the spectators when they beheld the altered aspect of the man whose person but a few weeks before had been the envy of many and the admiration of all what a tyrant is guilt when her slaves crouch beneath her scourge the trial commenced 
clifford was near fainting several times during the opening address of the opposing council and when he heard the dreadful charge announced that he was the murderer of his own child he fell senseless upon the beam which separated him from that part of the court appropriated to the spectators he was however soon restored to a consciousness of his awful situation and was furnished with a glass of water at his own request which he swallowed with the most painful eagerness several times during the opening speech he was near falling he continued however to retain his senses to the conclusion when the prosecutor was ushered into court every eye was fixed upon the witness-box after a short pause esther entered with a firm step and a serene unembarrassed air nevertheless as soon as she was ready to be examined the momentary quiver of her lip and the transient flush upon her ashy cheek showed that all was not at rest within her bosom heaved quick and heavily but her self-command evidently amid the most violent inward struggles was truly surprising she lost not her composure a single instant her clear dark eye had in it an expression of lofty determination blended nevertheless with a dignified respect which excited the admiration of the whole court every person present felt a lively interest in her welfare but in proportion as their sympathies were excited toward her they were weakened toward her seducer the contrast between them was remarkable she stood before them in the severe dignity of her beauty he in the untimely wreck of his in her the hand of sorrow had shaded but not eclipsed it in him the scourge of terror and the stings of remorse had marred it altogether although she had become the dupe of his artifice and suffered the penalty of her frailty he nevertheless had been the greater victim for while she had been the prey of another's guilt he had fallen a victim to his own it must be confessed she rejoiced that retribution had overtaken him her wrongs were too great to be easily forgiven they had seared her sympathies they had extinguished her woman's tenderness upon entering the box esther made a slight inclination of the head to the presiding judge and then fixed her eye placidly but keenly upon the examining advocate she exhibited no symptoms of timidity but stood before him with an air of such settled collectedness that he seemed rather disconcerted as he cast toward her a glance of somewhat equivocal inquiry and found it repelled by a quiet but indignant frown she like the prisoner was dressed in the deepest mourning which strikingly contrasted with the transparent whiteness of her beautiful countenance her hair was withdrawn from her forehead and she wore neither cap nor bonnet so that the whole face was conspicuously exposed but every expression therefore visible to the spectators she looked not pale from sickness nevertheless she was pale while in her tall but round and well-proportioned form there was a delicacy and ease of motion at the same time a sustained elevation in her whole deportment which soon expelled those favourable sentiments at first awakened for the wretched clifford and excited in every bosom a feeling bordering upon detestation toward him as the seducer of so much loveliness as soon as she appeared before the court clifford shrank before the object of his base perfidy as if conscious stricken at the unfavourable impression which he saw she was but too likely to excite against him 
the blood rushed for a moment into his cheeks with a most distressing impetuosity spreading there a deep purple suffusion but immediately left it when the skin resumed its dull parchment hue while the quivering eyelid closed over the sunken orb beneath it as if to shut out at once from his view the world and its miseries he listened with breathless anxiety to the evidence which was to decide his doom it was brief but decisive in a distinct tone which was low but neither feeble nor tremulous esther denounced clifford as the murderer of her infant by stabbing it in the breast with a knife the knife was produced in court and she swore to it as the same with which the prisoner at the bar had inflicted the fatal stab that deprived her of her babe her testimony could not be overthrown and evidently made a strong impression upon the hearers clifford did not once raise his eyes while she was delivering it but the convulsive twitches of his countenance plainly denoted what was passing within him esther seemed studiously diverted from her purpose by the silent appeals which suffering naturally makes to our sympathies and our compassion she was severely cross-examined by the counsel for the defence nevertheless with all his legal acuteness he could not impeach the integrity of her evidence her answers were brief but unembarrassed the facts which she had to communicate were few but conclusive when she had retired clifford was asked if he had anything to offer in his defence he was dreadfully agitated but after a short pause recovered himself sufficiently to address the court he spoke as follows my lord and gentlemen of the jury i have but a few words to say does i hope for mercy from that eternal judge before whom if i am convicted upon this atrocious charge i must soon appear those words will record the truth it is not likely that standing in the fearful position in which i now do i should rashly run the hazard of going into the presence of him who is the dispenser of justice as well as of mercy with a lie upon my lips and with its taint upon my soul let this then be with you the pledge of my integrity the witness whom you have just heard is forsworn however cunningly falsehood may be disguised in the garb of simplicity it is not therefore the less falsehood because it is so disguised if i am condemned i shall have become its victim the following are the facts which the prosecutor has so atrociously endeavoured to turn to my undoing at her own request i met her on the night mentioned in her evidence on the spot where the supposed murder was committed for which i now stand arraigned before you after reproaching me with her ruin she affected to desire a reconciliation and to part from me in peace she held her babe before me and entreated for it a father's blessing i pronounced in the overflowing sincerity of my heart the paternal benediction at this moment the child which had been for some time in ill health became suddenly convulsed i snatched a penknife from my pocket to cut the string of its dress when the mother in the agitation of her alarm stumbled thus forcing the infant against the knife which instantly penetrated its side i recoiled with consternation at the accident but she wildly screamed forced the little sufferer into my arms streaming with its blood alarmed the neighbouring cottagers and taxed me as its murderer these are the simple facts and upon their truth i stake my soul's eternal security i am the victim of a disappointed woman's vengeance the address awakened no compassion for the unhappy man on the contrary it excited a murmur of indignation through the whole assembly his countenance instantly fell as this token of popular feeling jarred upon his ear 
the testimony of esther had been supported by strong circumstantial evidence the judge at length summed up and the jury without quitting the court found the prisoner guilty upon hearing this fatal verdict the wretched man fell back into the dock insensible esther whose ear it had reached for she was standing near the jury-box after having long struggled with her emotions was now so entirely overcome by them that when sentence of death had been pronounced upon the unhappy clifford she sunk upon the floor in convulsions and in this pitiable state was taken from the court by her afflicted mother clifford was now put into one of the condemned cells and clothed with the coarse habit assigned those who have forfeited their lives to the outraged laws of their country he had only three days to prepare his soul for eternity what a term for a wretch so immersed in sin to prepare to meet his omnipotent judge was there no escape none the court had denied him all hopes upon earth and what had he beyond what but a prospect too black even for the imagination of despair nothing can be imagined to the mind so fearful as the reflections of a man about to be launched upon the illimitable ocean of eternity with such a burden of unexpiated sin upon his soul as a forced penitence cannot remove and standing upon the verge of his awful destiny looking through the microscope perspective of his imagination into a near prospect of undefinable horrors we have seen indeed instances of criminals who have met their doom with that stern obduracy of spirit which has enabled them to smile at the dreadful array of death and curse the very omnipotent in whose august presence they were about to appear shall we imagine however that because the tongue blasphemed and the countenance could assume a smile when the shaft of death was on the wing the heart was at peace no whatever may be the influence of a daring resolution upon the body it cannot stifle the tortures of the spirit the latter may be agonized and writhe under pangs too frightful for contemplation when the former seems not to suffer with clifford however the keen scourge of remorse had visited both with its terrible inflictions he could look nowhere for comfort nowhere for peace he now indeed clung to the consolations of religion but they offered none to him he was to die not the death of the righteous man but of the condemned the degraded criminal he was to perish not in hope but in abandonment not a repentant prodigal but a rejected rebel how willingly would he now make reparation to the injured esther for the wrongs he had heaped upon her but it was too late alas that he could recall the past how different should be the tenor of his future life this conclusion was wrung from him by his terrors but past recollection in spite of his now bitter contrition poured through his bosom a tide of the most agonizing emotions now the stings of conscience were felt tipped with all their poisons remorse let loose her scorpions within him which clung to and preyed upon his lacerated heart the various wretch in the dark dungeon of the inquisition groaning under lately inflicted tortures and anticipating the future rack was a happy being compared to him who had no better prospect than the endurance of sufferings that must be for ever and shall be as great as they are illimitable the morning appointed for the execution at length dawned but clifford's preparation for another world was no further advanced than when he had received the warning that his term of life was fixed he had been too much engrossed by his terrors to allow him sufficiently to abstract his mind from the awfulness of his situation and to repose his hopes upon that divine mercy which is denied to none who seek it with a right disposition of soul even in the hour of their extremity he could not seek it he could not crush the worm within and he already seemed to feel that it would never die 
it had a fearful vitality which worked upon every fibre of his frame and reached even the impassive spirit his hopelessness increased as the awful period drew nigh which was to terminate his earthly pilgrimage he had no resource to reflection his bosom was a volcano which the lava of burning thought violently overflowed streaming its scorching fires through every avenue of perception and giving him while yet upon the threshold of eternity a terrible foretaste of hell upon the fatal morning when his sentence was to be fulfilled he rose from a feverish sleep and threw himself upon his knees in fearful agony he could not pray he had committed no prayer to memory and his mind was in too wild a state of conflict with his dearest to enable him to frame one he supplicated his god to have mercy upon him but this was all the prayer he could offer up the bell at length told the hour when he was according to the terms of his sentence to be taken from his cell to the place of execution there to expiate his crime by the forfeiture of his life he was conducted to the press-room his legs scarcely supported him and he was obliged to avail himself of the assistance of one of the turnkeys or he would have fallen he seated himself upon a low bench in a state bordering upon absolute stupefaction whilst the irons were knocked off and his hands bound preparatory to his execution he could scarcely articulate intelligibly in consequence of the excited state of his mind while the preparations for the last eventful scene of his life were in progress clifford whose eyes had been closed in paroxysm of mental excitation heard his name pronounced in a low but distinct tone and suddenly looking up beheld the wretched esther beside him she had undergone a considerable change in her appearance within the last three days she now looked pale and haggard there was a dark crimson spot on each cheek but every other part of her countenance was colourless the clear whiteness of her skin had assumed the sickly hue of disease it was dull and sallow the lustre of her eye though still bright had considerably faded yet there was in it at intervals that same stern expression of resolved purposes which she had so frequently exhibited during the late trial and which renewed in the bosom of the terrified criminal feelings little likely to soothe the desperate agonies of his heart she approached him firmly he shrunk from her as he would have shrunk from a herald of the pestilence clifford said she at length my prophecy is about to be accomplished the day of retribution has arrived you are about to go where the prisoners rest together and hear not the voice of the oppressors let us part in peace clifford gasped he spoke not but turned from her with a convulsive shudder a tear gathered into her eye and rolled silently down her cheek she however dashed it aside and in an instant regained her self-possession i pity thee she resumed but there are crimes of which it were criminal even to seek to remit the penalty i confess too that it is a dear though painful satisfaction to me to witness the author of my everlasting shame the victim of his own misdeeds and if at the moment i could pluck thee from the scaffold still would i withhold from thee the arm of succour thou deservest to die a thousand lives were all too little to atone for the wrongs which thou hast done me make thy peace with heaven for the fearful day of all that is at hand may god forgive thee the procession was now ordered to move toward the drop and esther was in consequence obliged to quit the prison she left the press-room made her way through the crowd which had collected outside the walls and placed herself almost immediately under the drop whence she could obtain a perfect view of the execution as if she anticipated a horrible satisfaction in witnessing the dying struggles of that man who had rendered her condition in this world one of unmitigated misery and perhaps prepared for her one still more miserable in a world eternal the vehement exacerbations with which she was struggling were but too visible to those around her 
their attention however was soon called to those more arresting objects which they had assembled to behold her breath came from her lungs in quick spasmodic gaspings while the blood was forced into her very forehead by the violence of the conflict within her yet she uttered not a cry resolve was still written legibly in every lineament of her quivering countenance she made a desperate effort to be composed and in part succeeded a slight tremor of the lip and a faint hurried catching of the breath less audible than a lover's whisper were the only indications of those active fermentations of emotion which were busy within her bosom the prisoner was now brought out and appeared upon the spot but so completely was he overcome that he was obliged to be carried up the ladder to the platform he was supported while the executioner adjusted the cord looking rather like a thing snatched from the grave and into which the spark of animation had been just struck than a creature in which that spark was about to be extinguished and which the grave was ready to enclose the foam oozed from the corners of his mouth while the thin tear forced its way through the closed lids fearfully denoting the horrors which were darting their thousand stings into his affrighted soul there was a death-like stillness among the crowd not a sound was heard save the occasional sigh of sympathy or the sob of pity whilst the awful preparations were making previous to withdrawing the fatal bolt all this while esther kept her eye fixed with anxious earnestness upon the platform the preparations were at length completed and the cap drawn over the eyes of the criminal expectation had become so painfully intense among the crowd that their very breathings were audible the bolt was now about to be withdrawn when a voice was heard from among the assembled multitude he is innocent i am forsworn every eye was directed toward the spot the speaker had fallen to the earth it was esther she was lifted up but no sign of animation appeared in her now ghastly feature she was instantly taken to a neighbouring surgeon but no blood followed the lancet she was dead the sheriff happened to be on the spot and immediately ordered the execution to be suspended until more tangible evidence should be obtained in the pocket of the unhappy girl whom clifford had so cruelly abandoned was found a written confession which confirmed in every particular what he had declared upon his trial he was immediately respited and eventually released yet the blight of infamy was upon him he was given back indeed to existence but his peace of mind was gone his life was inglorious still not without fruit it was a sombre and a chequered scene he had been stunned by the shock to which he had so nearly fallen a victim he had reaped the bitter harvest of seduction all his bright prospects had been blasted he resolved therefore that the rest of his days should be spent in making atonement for the past and preparing for that future which is eternal he lived an outcast but died a penitent End of section five.